I was just inspired to, to share something with you guys, something that's been on my heart, in my mind, in my soul. And uh, I feel like when the iron's hot, I gotta strike, I gotta record something. So temporarily calling this, in my mind at least, this episode is called Hard Won Lessons from 12 Years of Marriage and Three Kids. <laughs> All right, and the reason I'm making this, uh, I guess who I'm making this for, is really for the single folks who are you know young in their matching process journey and trying to find someone, uh, you know, the, the guys and the gals that I talk to frequently about having the right mindset, like the people that are really, really, really want to be serious about this blessing and matching process thing and, and make the most of it. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been a journey for the last 12 years. Uh, I have a long, long way to go still uh, more kids to come hopefully, but there's been a lot of ups and downs and, uh, a lot of emotions along the way. And, uh, since I was 18 years old, when I first received the blessing, and I just want to share, you know, what I have actually learned in this process. Uh, what are the perspectives and the practices that I've placed, placed in my life that has, you know, in my, <clears throat> in my experience, kind of exponentially helped me to grow and to expand my capacity to love my wife, my children, people around me. And I, I think that there is a way to shortcut and fast track a lot of this stuff. And I hesitate to say that, and I do say that lightly because... Uh, I was in a conversation with, I think, Catherine, Catherine Anglin. Uh, we were in Minnesota for a family retreat type of thing. Great place, by the way. Shout out to Minnesota. And I was sharing, you know, my, my struggles as a parent, you know, uh, and uh, just, just the, 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 the many things that I've learned over the last eight years of being, being a dad now. And uh, just how much I, I feel like I've grown since the last time uh, I had our, our kid, our last kid, which is six years ago, right? So there's eight years old, six years old, and then our newborn, which is two months old now. So our second and third year old kids, our daughters, are six years apart, right? Almost six years apart. And I've noticed how much I've changed in the last six years, like how much perspective I have, how much more calm and chill I am as a parent. Uh, just like how much more I'm enjoying being in the presence of a baby and not frustrated, not stressed about anything, not stressed about life or anything. And I've really, I was really noticing that. And I was talking with, with this group in Minnesota um, of fine people. And I told them, like, I wish that I had this perspective earlier. I wish I had done, done things differently from the beginning of my blessing. And I honestly do believe that uh, if I did things differently, I, I would have had a more you know smooth time, emotionally speaking, because um, at the end of the day, it's like the reason that marriage is hard is because of me. It's because of the individual. It's not because marriage is wrong. And the reason that parenting is hard is because of the individual, because of the parent. It's not because the kids are wrong or, or bad or evil or whatever. But like kids are kids. <laughs> like you can't expect kids to be perfect at all. And I don't, right? And I guess I'm fortunate to have the wisdom at least to know that my angers or frustrations uh, at my kids uh, are, are me. It's, it's my own doing. And my frustrations at my wife over the years are me. And I'm wise enough to know that and recognize that and to work on that. And I'm making this episode primarily because I want to pass on those lessons that I've learned and help people to, to not have to go through such a kind of a, a difficult path uh, as I have. And, I, and like I said, I say that lightly because Catherine was saying like, well, you wouldn't be here if you didn't go through that process. Right. And I was like, interesting. Like that's a, that's a very true perspective. Like I wouldn't be where I am today, have the perspectives I have, have the mentality I have right now, if I didn't go through th those experiences. But at the same time, I do, I do believe deep in my heart when I really question, like thought about that more and more, I do believe that there are certain practices or there are certain uh, perspectives that one can have to help fast track and expedite this, the growth process, right? 
And I was thinking about examples of individuals I've worked with or, or have met in my life. Many people who have, uh, you know, well into their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and still are very much immature, even though they did receive the blessing, even though they have children, right? So it's like, it's nothing to do, in my perspective, right? It's nothing to do, it's very little to do with the actual experience of marriage or blessing and being a parent, but it's more to do with the approach that they have to it. It's more about how you do it that dictates your, your capacity to grow and the, the, the lessons that you learn along the way, right? And we also know many people that are incredibly young, you know, teenagers even, that have so much wisdom, like beyond anything that I can comprehend. I'm like, wow, you are so wise, right? So looking at that, I, I don't believe that it's a completely linear path. You know, I don't think it is a completely one directional thing where if you do X, Y, Z, then you will grow. I believe there, there are ways to shortcut success in the sense of growth, in the sense of learning to love, in the sense of being less stressed, in the sense of being happier and joyful, right? And I've noticed that recently, and the reason, the, the kind of um, catalyst for making this episode is recently, since our daughter was born two months ago, I've been so like grateful and happy like I've just been nonstop like externally speaking everything is like sleep deprived right my wife and I it's like we're struggling right uh, you know in, in different areas but it's like we're so happy and grateful for each other and like we're just I'm just noticing that and I'm just really really just noticing the gratitude that I have to life and I feel like an old guy an old man right like sometimes you talk with sometimes I talk with with guys who are in like their 60s 70s in our church and I'm like, man, I just want to be like that, right? I want to be like them. They're just grateful, and they just have perspective and wisdom that that you only get from a weathered life, right? Talk to people like Uncle John Abelseth, right? If any of you guys know him, it's like you talk with him five minutes, and you think, wow, this is one of the one of the most grateful people I know. I even asked him one time. It's like I was like, what's the secret to life, right? Raising all these children, you know, all the his bunch of grandkids now, and they all are very, you know, happy and all the stuff. And I was like, what's your secret to life? And he's healthy and his wife on Helen are healthy. And he said, just gratitude. That's what he said. He's like, I just wake up grateful. And that's the secret. And so to one extent, I believe that age with age comes, uh, comes gratitude and perspective and a mindset that's different. But I also feel like it doesn't have to be that way. And that's why, that's what I'm obsessed with trying to figure out day by day. And I'm making this for you guys. Right. And the other experience I had recently was I was talking with a, a guy that I'm mentoring with uh, porn addiction and going through, you know, becoming a matching uh, candidate, et cetera. And he was talking about, you know, his emotions and, and how he's doing recently. And he was saying that he has a lot of pent-up resentment towards his parents that he's been discovering recently, right? And I was like, okay, well, I understand that. I understand what that's like. And don't worry, you'll get through that. We can get through that together. And I told him that I, I think that there's a way to kind of fast track this experience of learning how to have forgiveness and grace to our parents. Because the tendency is that the older we get in life, the more, the more lenient we become towards our parents, the more accepting we become to our parents, the more graceful uh, and loving and unconditionally loving we become to our parents. Why? I think one reason is because we have more perspective like I've been talking about. Another reason is because when we have our own kids, we understand our parents more. And, you know, it's like if you can compare a teenager, right, to a 60-year-old man or woman, like, obviously the older person has more weathered eyes and experience to understand their parents' perspective more. So I was talking with this guy who was, you know, in his 20s, and I said, I think there's a way to fast-track your, 
your relationship with your parents so you don't feel this resentment anymore. And so we talked about these, uh, these kind of steps that I'm going to be sharing with you guys or kind of practices that I've used in my life that have tremendously helped me grow. And I wish I learned them a lot earlier. So that's why I'm, I'm sharing them with you guys here. So you can take them or you can leave them. But I think that if you really listen with heart and uh, with a keen ear, then it will possibly radically change the way that you, you, cha- you uh, think about life, hopefully. <laughs> All right. Okay. <clears throat> so the first thing that I want to share is um, a practice that I've developed and I didn't have in the beginning was get perspective from people that have what I want. All right. Now, this is really important because generally speaking, a lot of people think they have the answers. All right. You don't have the answers. <laughs> it's unreasonable to think that you have the answers to matching, marriage, parenting, school, studies, career, finances, spirituality. It's unreasonable to think that. And for some reason, there's this thing called, I think it's called, uh, psychology calls, calls it adolescent, adolescent egocentrism, which means it's like the general idea that like, oh, I'm invincible and I know, this, I know all my stuff, right? And this is kind of becoming an epidemic nowadays, in my opinion, um, <laughs> with teenagers. Anyways, besides that, besides the point, um, it's basically having the humility to, to trust that I don't have the answers. Like, I don't know what I'm doing and somebody else does and to reach out to them and ask them for perspective. And I didn't do this for a very long time in my own marriage, my blessing, and I wish I'd done it a lot earlier, especially when my wife and I were really struggling in our, in our intimate relationship for many years. I didn't reach out until, a, I think, eight years into our blessing, right? Uh, I reached out to people like Uncle David Wolfenberger, to Andrew Love, and I just started talking more openly. I talked to Chris Sencha, uh, the BFM director at the time. I just talked to them openly about you know, the struggles, right? And then it wasn't until I did that that I had perspective that I didn't have before. And basically they said, you know, Benji, I think like you can just keep continue to suffer and be resentful at your wife or in struggle in your relationship and be, you know, at each other's throats all the time. Or you can accept that maybe you, you don't know what you're doing. And maybe you can accept that maybe it's not just her, but it's also you, right? And they said it really nicely like that, right? And I was like, man. And as soon as I realized, like, I'm part of the equation here, it's like not entirely someone else's fault, or my wife's fault or whatever. I'm part of the problem. Then it's like a completely new par- paradigm that I had. And that's just an example of reaching out to somebody that, that has perspective and experience that I didn't have before. And I do this, talk about this a lot with people that I talk with who have porn addiction, right? Because I talk almost every day, every single day with people who have porn uh, habits, right? And sometimes when I get in a call with people, especially if they're younger, in my opinion, <laughs> my experience, you know, and, you know, it's like they're trying to figure out what's the root issue going on. Like, why do they continue to do something that causes them so much pain? Like, why is it that people continue to do a habit or behavior that causes them pain, even though they don't want to do it? Right. And we kind of peel that back in our calls. And then one time I was talking with a guy and he was like, I, I was telling him like the reason, right? I was kind of asking him questions and then we really got to the root of the issue. And for him, it was really an emotional issue, which is shame, right? And he feels so much shame in his life uh, because he's, you know, for X, Y, Z reason, he's not, you know, financially successful. He's not advancing in his career as fast as he wants to or whatever the reasons, right? And he feels shame around this. And then he spends the, the weekend just binge watching YouTube and anime and then porn, right? And, and whatever, video games. And then he feels so much shame and he kind of spirals out of control. And I was like, 
All right. Well, it sounds like shame is the thing that's causing you to spiral with this addiction. And if you remove the shame from your life, then you wouldn't feel this desire to escape all the time. And you wouldn't feel like I'm, you're unworthy of, of anything, of grace, of love, of acceptance. And I told him that, right? And I was like, why don't we work on the shame and then see how you feel after you eliminate the shame as much as you can, right? And he was like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> right? And then I got like really, this is when like the, the challenger Benji came out and I was like, dude, you came on this call because you need help and because you've been addicted for years and you don't know what the hell you're doing. I'm telling you right now, it's a shame. And he was like, no. And I was like, all right, as long as you're unwilling to, to hear a perspective or even consider a perspective that's different from what you think, you're never going to change because that's why you're still here. Anyways, I'm sharing this experience with you guys because we have to have the humility to know that we don't know what we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. And it's okay. And it's completely reasonable to not know. It's completely reasonable. And for some reason, we think that we need to be perfect and have all the answers. It's completely unreasonable to do, to do that, to know everything. Completely unreasonable. And I experienced this again later on in life, uh, even actually recently in the last year, is I was, I've been, you know, obsessed with parenting stuff, like learning how to be a good parent and resources and books and that kind of stuff ever since my son was born. So I've read a lot of stuff and I've, and I've thought a lot about parenting and I've talked a lot about parenting and all this stuff. So it's on my mind all the time. And then, uh, and then I was talking with, uh, kind of a, like a mentor because I was really struggling at this point in my life with, with, uh, my kids, right. And like just frustration and all this stuff. And anyways, a lot of you guys aren't parents, so I'm not going to go into that, <laughs> but, um, but this mentor was, was telling me, he was like, so why are you so frustrated? And I said, because I've tried my best to be a good dad and I just can't be happy. I just want to enjoy being a parent and I just can't, even though I tried so hard, I've tried my best. And he looked at me and he said, I don't think you've tried your best. And I was like, what? And I got like defensive. I was like, are you serious? And then I like put my defense down. And I was like, my, my belief was completely shattered at that moment because I had thought until that moment I have tried my absolute best to be a good parent and then he asked me he was like how much how much money have you spent on learning how to be a good parent how much time have you spent talking with mentors or other people and getting perspective about how to raise children well and how to be a happy parent and child and have a good relationship and I was like I've never spent any money <laughs> you know apart from like five dollar books here and there like a few of them I haven't spent any time either. It's like it's just like me trying my best and, and then throwing in my throwing up my hands and throwing in the towel and saying it's too hard. And he's like, Well, you haven't tried your best. So it's kind of unreasonable, don't you think, to assume that you've tried your best if you haven't even actually tried your best? And I was like, Man. So after talking with him, I was like, so then I got really serious about it. And then I purchased a, a parenting course that I really like, which is for like a thousand bucks, right? And I was like, yeah, this is, this is something that I, I really want to invest in. And it's been life-changing for sure. It's been absolutely life-changing uh, in terms of my, my parenting abilities and my, just like, like I said before, just my ability to, to enjoy parenting without making it about my kids, right? It's like, it's not them. Like, they're kids. They're selfish. <laughs> they're going to be selfish. It's about me. Like, how am I responding to their, to, to their behaviors or their actions? Or, and how am I, am I able to respond, uh, you know, with, with grace and acceptance and love and sternness in a way that is not unloving, you know? And so I have feel like I've cracked the code on in my life for parenting, at least to the point where I'm seeing an upward trajectory in the way that I parent because I'm not angry anymore. 
and I'm, I'm proud to say that honestly, like I haven't been angry for the last five, six months at all, like at my kids, even like one time. And I'm just realizing that like, that was just a decision I had to make that I realized like anger, frustration is what kills kids. It's what really kills children because children grow up in fear of their parents' disappointment. And it's so prevalent. If you talk to anybody on the planet, most people are walking around just fearful of being disapproved in. It's because they learn that from their parents through anger and disappointment and frustration. So I've learned a tremendous about that. Anyways, I'm sharing that with you guys because that's one, that's the first like uh, kind of practice that I've had that you guys can learn to expedite and, fa and fast track your growth process is just reaching out to perspective uh, from people when people that have what you want, right? I'm not talking about anybody, like everybody that just because they have gray hair means that they have perspective, like maybe probably on some things, but it's more like choosing the thing that you're kind of considering or struggling with or, or a topic that you are, have a question about and be like, man, this is like my burning question about life or the matching process or the blessing. And I don't know how to get the answer. We'll talk to a person that knows that thing and has experience with that thing. And then you'll have perspective, my friend then you've essentially like traveled in time to the future to a version of you that might never have known that thing. You know, you can kind of see like talking with your parents even, talk to your dad or to your mom about a specific topic. It's kind of like traveling through time and talking to yourself. Because if you think about it, your dad or your mom knows you more than anybody. They are you in many senses. They are you, right? They're where you're half of them. So having that perspective is like, man, and I've had that so many times with my dad where I've talked to him and shared stuff with him and he's, you know, giving me perspective on things. And afterwards I just feel, man, I just feel like I've talked to my, you know, 65 year old self. I just feel like I traveled 40 years in the future and talked to myself. That's amazing. Anyways. So I'm not, I'm not 25 years old, by the way, if you guys are curious, <laughs> I'm older than that. I promise. Okay. Second practice that you can have to fast track your growth and I'm going to give you three, three of them today, guys. The second one is to create a support system now. All right. And I know when I say that it sounds very like airy fairy and, you know, uh, what's it called? Psycho, psycho babbly, but it's, it's proven again and again to be the most effective way to prepare for marriage, but also to be successful in life because the trend right now in, in the world is that we are becoming less and less good at managing emotions specifically stress, anxiety, boredom, depression, right? If you think about why is it that just in the last decade, there has been a skyrocket, like a massive skyrocket in the amounts of loneliness, depression, suicides, anxiety, just in the last decade, right? If it's true that the lack of love that was caused by, you know, the fall of man has been existing throughout all history, why is it that just in the last decade, it's been skyrocketing? Why is that, right? Think about that for a second. And I ask this question to a lot of people. And the best conclusion that I, I came to is that the reason that we've seen such an increase is because it's easier now than ever to escape. That's it. It's easier to escape emotions now than ever before, because you could be stressed out of your mind, anxious, depressed, bored, lonely, and then you can whip out a phone or go on your computer and play video games, watch porn, go on social media, watch YouTube, watch an anime that instantly takes you to a state of relaxation that is temporarily, that temporarily fills you up. And that is why it's so destructive. Okay. So the way to combat this guys 
is creating a support system in your life where you can talk about your emotions in a productive way and a non-destructive way. Let me remind you, emotions are not bad. They're not bad. They're unpleasant, yes, but they're not bad. Stress is not bad. It's not. Anxiety is not bad. Depression is not actually bad, right? It's how we manage them that counts. Do we manage those emotions in a productive way or a destructive way? In a, in a, in a healthy way or a non-destructive way? So my challenge for you guys is to create a way that you can talk about these emotions every day, all right? And it might sound trivial to do this kind of thing, but I guarantee it. Like, I promise you that if you can do this one thing, it will be the single greatest thing that you can do to prepare for marriage in the blessing. Why? Because what happens when you go into a relationship and you don't know how to talk about your emotions, how you're doing, and you just, every time you're talking, every time you're feeling stressed or depressed, you just squash it down and you run away and you escape and you never learn how to discuss these things and you make mistakes and you don't, and you feel shame inside your relationship and you don't decide to talk about it, but instead you decide to escape and squash it down. What happens? Divorce. Guys, that's what happens, right? I'm sorry to be dire and grim here, but that's what happens is that people do not know how to communicate in marriage. So the best preparation you can do is learn how to communicate about how you're doing with people and bring that skill set that you have into your relationship and know how to talk about things, all right? Whether you're a man or a woman, I don't care. Everyone needs to develop this skill. Everybody. Everybody does. And it's fundamentally important because if you do not learn how to address these emotions and instead just squash them down, then you will always develop some kind of dependency on something to escape. What are those dependencies I'm talking about? Well, you know very well. It's phone stuff. It's video game stuff. It's porn stuff. It's escapism stuff. It's anything that you use that is not a natural uh, stress relief that is some kind of supernormal stimulant that takes you out of a state of you know, stress, anxiety, negative emotions into a state of very, very temporary uh, relaxation, right? Okay, so the third practice that you guys can bring with you right now in your life is try to look through the lens of decision-making with this calculus, which is asking yourself the question, what is the most loving thing to do? Or what will expand my capacity to love the most? So an example would be like if you're deciding, making big decisions in life, like do I get matched to this person, right? Or do I go to this uh, gap year program? Or do I go to this major in college or this major? Or do I get, get blessed now or in a few years? Like those important decisions um, can be, if you look through them with, with the lens of what is the most loving thing to do? Or what will expand my capacity to love more? It usually makes things a lot more clear for me. And I think that it's an important question because, because it has an underlying assumption that your priority in life is to become a loving person, right? That your priority in life is to expand your ability to love people and have more love in your life because you know that that is really what counts. That is what the most, that's, that's what brings us the most amount of joy and the most amount of genuine happiness. And in the end, in your afterlife, will bring us, will we'll be the, breathe, the air that we breathe in spirit world, right? As your father said. So you can ask yourself that question. And I think it's incredibly valuable to ask, right? It's like, do I marry or get blessed with this person, you know, even though they have some character traits that I don't prefer, right? I don't, <laughs> I don't like or enjoy. But at the same time, I can see how you know, he or she has just a lot of the stuff we're talking about, like the perspectives and they have a support system and they know how to communicate about their emotions. And I know that if we 
develop a relationship, then I'll just we'll have I'll have a, a really amazing, um, loving experience, and I'll be able to. She'll help me to expand my ability to love, and I I can see that right. Or he can help me expand my ability to love. And so, if you look through that lens, then it's easy to do, right? Now, I know that uh, making that decision in the moment is hard because it's a big decision, right? Usually, when we're, we're making the biggest decisions of our lives, then it's hard to make big decisions, right? So, I want you to decide right now to make this your priority. Is when you make a decision in life, any decision actually, what is the most loving thing to do, and what will expand my capacity to love the most? And it can be as simple as making dinner for your family, right? Or going fundraising, or not going fundraising, joining joining a carp chapter, or not joining carp chapter, um, getting matched, or not getting matched. You know, that's a decision you can make. Or maybe a decision you need to make is: Should I join MatchNet <laughs> or not? Right? That's entirely your decision, right? Which one would make you a more loving person? Anyways, I just want to share this with you guys. This is not a typical episode. We're gonna have more good content coming for you guys. Lots of love. Uh, consider joining the MatchNet program at MatchNet.us if you want a step-by-step process through the matching process and all the education that we have there. Lots of love to you guys from me. And uh, let me know if you guys like this, all right? Message me or email me or something so I can hear from you, all right? Otherwise, I have no idea, okay? <laughs> all right, God bless. Lots of love.